Welcome to Buy My Own Lights podcast. My name is Rachel, and I am the creator and host of this ultimate vulnerability project. I know it's cliche to say, but I truly am so glad you're here. This podcast started as a place to reflect on the light and adversity throughout my life. I believe that the world needs all kinds of kinds, and we should live a life according to our own lights with a heavy emphasis on light. I want more light in the world, and sometimes when life happens, it's hard to see the light in it. But if you look, you will find it. Well, hello there. I have a few quick updates on our podcast. And the first one is we have a website now. I am super excited about this. It's a great way for you guys to stay connected to us. And you can find it at buymyownlights.com. It's basically your one-stop shop for the podcast. So make sure you check it out. And we also have had a great community form on Facebook. It's called The Lighthouse. And this is going to be your place for encouragement, support, and just all around positivity and inspiration. I would really love for you to join the community and share your inspiration with others in the group. You can find a direct link to the group on our website. And the last update, the podcast has started to see some reviews And y'all, I cannot believe how encouraging you have been through this journey. Thank you. When you feel that you are ready to rate the podcast, be sure to write a review as well so others know what to expect here and what you found valuable while listening to the podcast. That's it for the updates. And for today's episode... It's a bit of a highlight on some of my more dim lights. I wanted to talk a bit about self-reflection and my love-hate relationship with self-awareness. Self-reflection doesn't have to be scary, and the choice to sit with yourself can be extremely liberating and very valuable to the way that you inspire others. So hang tight and don't judge me just yet. I have this intense love-hate relationship with self-awareness. I love having the ability to truly see my character, behaviors, thoughts, and emotions. It can be extremely refreshing to sit back and ask myself, why do I feel this way right now? Or why did I eat that drumstick ice cream cone when I wasn't even hungry? I think that having a healthy amount of self-awareness has helped me to heal from trauma and victimhood. Where the hate part of the relationship comes in is with the power of choice that comes with the awareness. I guess hate is probably too strong of a word, but honestly, it's pretty close to accurate. So many, many years ago, I developed a terrible habit of lying. As a kid, we had a saying in our house that what happens here stays here. 
So I got used to not telling whole truths whenever someone asked me about home. Then, as a rebellious kid, I got really comfortable lying to my mom about my whereabouts when I made the decision to ditch school or when I went to a friend's house when I wasn't supposed to. At the time, lying didn't feel so wrong. It felt more like a rite of passage to the teenage years. Like it was something we all did, so just do it. As I got a little older, late teens, early 20s, I discovered I wasn't a fan of unnecessary conflict. So I would avoid truths and tiptoe into white lies in an effort to preserve relationships and other people's feelings. After all those years of conditioning myself that lying protected our family, or lying was a necessary evil as a teenager, and lying was justified to make others feel better, that it became a reflex. I remember some times where I would be asked questions and like word vomit, just hurling from my throat, a lie would come out. It's not uncommon for my words to fly before I can even process them. But there I would be, standing in awe, shocked by my own lies, and trying to piece my conversations together like some three-dimensional jigsaw puzzle before whoever was on the other end asked me any follow-up questions. Now, call it nature or nurture, but I've always been quick on my feet with things and have relatively strong logic and persuasion skills. So this all made quite the recipe because I would build that jigsaw puzzle quicker than anyone could realize, and the next thing I knew, I'd be spinning a web of convincing and sensible lies, all for the reason that it was a damn reflex? Over time, that reflex really bothered me. I felt like it wasn't in line with my character or values, and after all the years of conditioning, I felt like I couldn't control it. I knew it was going to be the end of me when I would lie to the people that I truly loved and I can just see in their face as they looked right through me. So I started a new conditioning routine. But first, let me tell you a story. When I was 15 years old, I got kicked out of high school and was really up there in the rebellious stage. One of the bad habits I picked up was smoking cigarettes. That summer, I went from Arizona to California to visit my aunt and shoved a couple packs of cigarettes in my bag. Not being an intelligent 15-year-old, I had placed a pack of cigarettes in a smaller bag, like a makeup bag or small backpack. This was, of course, before they were the in-trend they are now. And I went on with my trip. A couple days in, my aunt pulls me aside and confronts me about my smoking. I denied ever smoking, but she pressed on. With every sentence full of disappointment that came from her mouth, I retorted with a lie. After a while, I figured, well, here, I've done it. I have lied about 30 times in this conversation. And so if I tell the truth now, not only will I be in trouble for smoking, now I'm going to be in trouble for lying too. So my solution keep on lying. 
The kicker of this all was my aunt saw my pack of cigarettes in my bag because the bag was see-through. I'm telling you, I was not a smart kid. Knowing that she saw them, knowing that what she was saying was true, I still couldn't help but lie. After the conversation, I felt the worst pain of shame and disappointment. I respected and appreciated my aunt more than most in my life and was hurting her and disappointing her with my conditioned reflex. That was such an impactful moment in my life because of how much I disregarded my aunt and the truth just to stick with my status quo. For weeks after that trip, I felt the shame. And I wasn't a fan of that feeling. But it still didn't fix my lying problem. Well, not just yet, it didn't. By the time I hit my 20s, I was exhausted with the architectural lies and decided that as I allowed them to become a conditioned response, then I can recondition myself. However, I wasn't brave enough to just go around and telling everyone I was a pathological liar And I was still too scared to correct a lie, even if I just said it and still had time to fix it. So what I started doing was after every lie, I would replay the moment with my aunt until the pain and uh, that embarrassment became a tool. After a while of doing that and feeling like I finally had a tool that I can now wield around, I started to have control over the lies before they came out and the habit eventually faded. So, once it was something that was no longer a reflex, I resolved to never lie again about anything. It was going to be full-out honesty, even when you didn't ask for it. Now, if you're an honest person that lacks a filter like I do, you may know where this story is headed my relationships actually got more and more difficult to navigate. I was so focused on telling the truth that I never spent any time on the delivery of said truth, and my relationships suffered. In my mid-20s, I finally started to become less afraid of sitting with myself and my own thoughts, so I would spend a lot more time in a state of reflection. And that was the beginning of my love-hate relationship with self-awareness. I became brutally aware of the way I approached others and my character. I have always had a loving heart and compassionate spirit, but the execution I took with others was very flawed. I have often been described as an acquired taste. And I do find a lot of strength and weakness in that characterization. I am very proud of my ability to live a life according to my own lights, where I am bold and I am daring and I am convicted in my beliefs. But as a true extrovert, being an acquired taste can pose a challenge when I need to feed my extroversion. You can't fill your cup from the outside world when the outside world doesn't want to hang out with you. The time of reflection and awareness of self meant I was now responsible for everything that happened next. I had a choice to make, and simply not making a choice 
was going to be a choice. I could continue on being one-dimensional, or I can sand down my rough edges to expose the art underneath. Either option was going to mean hard work. Either hard work to fix or heal from failed relationships, or hard work to change the parts of me that didn't serve my purpose. Hard work now, or hard work later. That is what my choices meant. I chose the hard work now, and always. I'm still not done sanding down the rough edges. There's always work to be done. As a matter of fact, did you know it took Leonardo da Vinci four years to paint the Mona Lisa on a 30 by 20 inch canvas? And not everyone was convinced he still didn't work on it 12 years later. For some perspective, I'm 65 inches tall, 16 inches shoulder to shoulder, and not a gifted artist. So by my calculation, it is going to be a lifetime before my work is done. But at least while working on myself now, I get to experience some of the joy as the art reveals itself on this canvas. There's an art to self-reflection. And as with most art, it starts with inspiration. A lot of us struggle to sit with ourselves in a state of reflection because we lack that inspiration. Like a reflex, often the first things we think about are our shortcomings or character flaws. We are so critical of ourselves that our fight or flight reflex kicks in, and usually the choice we make is flight. Well, I don't want to speak for others, so I will just say my reflex used to be to take flight. Peering into the darkness of myself is scary, and I used to think that if I ignored it, then it didn't exist. I have never thought of myself to be a source of darkness, so facing it didn't make sense to me. I am light. How could there be dark? When I am light. But I realized, even at the brightest part of the day, there are objects that still cast a shadow. I can still be light and just have objects within me casting a shadow. It does not mean that I lack the light. It simply means that I need to introduce more. And that perspective brought me the inspiration I needed. It gave me permission to not be perfect and to not run away from the sides of me I am not ready to face. Instead, it gave me an invitation and opportunity to fill myself with more light. So I did. I got more comfortable sitting in a state of reflection and playing the child's game of hide and seek. I would seek for the darkness within me and bring it to the light. I have come to enjoy this game of hide-and-seek because it gives me the chance to continue to create my art. It gives me a chance to sand down my rough edges and expose it to others while eliminating my fear of not being a complete masterpiece. I am perfectly imperfect. The benefit that came with self-reflection was the self-actualization that followed. 
Once I navigated the dark stuff, I started to pay attention to the sides of me that were light. Typically, I wouldn't sit with myself long enough to truly see it before my flight response would kick in. And eventually, once I got familiar with the feelings of darkness, I wasn't so scared to face it. I stopped focusing on my shame of lying and realized how bright my desire was to be a better version of me than I was the day before. I wanted to be someone that was honorable and respectable, and that potential was in me. But until I faced my shame, I wouldn't be able to actualize it. Facing my shame wasn't me on the battleground either, beating myself up. All I did was to ignite a spark on my potential and flush out the dark. I don't need to beat myself up for the shadows within me because I was born with light. All I needed to do was to take that spark and find my kerosene. So this week, I invite you to sit with yourself, bring a lantern, and go find the dark and bring it to the light. Hey, if you liked this episode, be sure to leave a comment or share it with a friend. We're still a very young podcast, so your support and encouragement doesn't go unnoticed. Be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find additional content on our YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash by my own lights or our website at by my own lights.com.